Hello and welcome. Today is a live coaching call episode. So this episode is a little different from our typical episodes. Um, Kayla won't be joining us, but she will be back next time. And I'm going to record a chat that I have with a mom that I've worked with. And we just kind of talk through some sleep issues that she's experiencing chat through some troubleshooting. And I'm just excited for you guys to listen and kind of be a fly on the wall and, and see what we talk about and what we discuss. So let's hop in. Hey mama, this is Carrianna and Kayla, two best friend moms and your co-hosts of Sleep Talking Moms. We know that tackling sleep issues can feel overwhelming and confusing, so we are here to provide you with practical sleep advice. We want you to walk away from each episode with information you can actually use. Let's dive in and talk sleep. with me and Kay has an eight month old son named Matthew. And Kay, I know that you're kind of struggling with night wakings right now. So tell me, just kind of fill me in on what's going on with Matthew's sleep. Matthew falls asleep independently between 630 and seven every night. That's super consistent, same bedtime. Um, We do a routine, book, song, everything. And he puts himself to sleep, no problem. Uh, He typically sleeps until 9 to 11 p.m. And that's his first wake up. And we've tried letting him cry for 10 to 15 minutes. He doesn't put himself back to sleep. The second we go in the room, we pick him up, we give him a bottle. He falls right back to sleep. Um, The same thing around 3 a.m., and sometimes 5 a.m., sometimes he'll make it to his 6.30 a.m. wake up. Uh, we've slowly weaned down his feeding amounts to two ounces per bottle. And I'm not convinced that he's waking up because of hunger. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you've already kind of made that next step of weaning the bottles down at night. Um, Cause that was going to be kind of one of my first suggestions was how much is he eating at each of those? So since he's just getting two ounces, is he falling asleep while he's drinking them or is he still awake when he finishes it? And when you transfer him, uh, he's still asleep or he falls asleep while he's drinking the bottle. Um, He typically wakes up a little bit when we put him back down. I'm pretty sure if I just picked him up and held him, he'd fall asleep without the bottle. Um, So I I really don't think that he needs the food at this point. Before he did, he was drinking probably 16 ounces at night when I first talked to you. Mm -hmm. Um, We've significantly (laughs) lowered that amount. Yes, yes. And that's good. I mean, you've made really good progress. I would say, um, you know, based on the fact that you have been able to wean that amount down and, you know, it hasn't like resulted in a huge increase in him waking, you know, I think it's pretty clear from that, that it's not hunger, right. That him needing more 
ounces at night is not what's waking him, that it probably is more of that comfort and habit related. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, have you, have you talked at all, like with your pediatrician about the night feedings? Have they ever said anything like um, that you should be feeding at night still, that you should be concerned about weight gain, any issues like that? I did discuss it with our pediatrician. Matthew is in the 90th percentile in everything. So we're not worried about weight at all. Um, He had suggested maybe cutting his formula to help with the weaning. So maybe two ounces of formula and an ounce of water, and then maybe an ounce of formula and an ounce of water. Um, Or basically what we did, which was just go a couple of nights at three ounces and then move mm-hmm. to two ounces. So there is no worry about his weight or cutting out the night feedings altogether. Awesome. Awesome. You are like on it. I love it. <laughs> that that's... first time mom thing. Yes. <laughs> no, that's perfect though. I'm so glad that you've, you know, already had that conversation too. So you can just feel a little more comfortable as you move forward, then that peace of mind does help. I I feel like you could go one or two ways with this. Usually once we get down to just two ounces for a feeding, um, at that point, usually I recommend we just remove it completely. Um, I'm thinking that it's possible we could go down to one ounce since he does have two, sometimes three feedings in the night. Um, You know, if you want to ease him in just like one more step before you remove it. But a lot of times what I find is sometimes just having that one ounce can almost be more aggravating for them (laughs) than not giving anything at all. So I don't know, you know, Matthew, obviously much better than I do. Do you think that if we cut down to one ounce, that that would almost just be worse than not offering any more one night yeah I would think that it would probably just aggravate him Mm -hmm. um mostly because I feel like he'll probably just wake up enough to drink the bottle and then run out and by the time he's awake enough to eat it yeah yeah that's that's a good point yeah and I I agree (laughs) I I agree that's why I usually cut it at two because it's like yeah, we're just going to like poke the bear with this one ounce. And it's <laughs> by that point, we might as well just say, okay, we're barely giving anything anyway. We might as well remove them. Yeah. I do want to talk a little about his schedule later because I think there might be a couple small tweaks that maybe we can make that could help. Um, but I also know that so he's he's in daycare during the week and his schedule during the week, his schedule on the weekend is slightly different, but it doesn't seem like that really plays a role in his night wakings. Is that right? Like you're seeing kind of the same wakings, whether it's a night after daycare or a night after he's at home. Yeah, he gets a little bit longer naps at home on the weekends, uh, but we still cap them at two hours. Um, And at daycare, He pretty much is on the same nap schedule, but there is other kids, so he doesn't really get the chance for longer naps, but his night sleep is the same regardless of whether he's at daycare or here. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that honestly, what that tells me is, you know, that's a, a good thing. Because I know it is just harder getting, you know, more of a precise nap schedule at daycare. Sometimes it's just not going to happen. Sometimes the baby's just not going to sleep as well there as they do at home. So the fact that that doesn't seem to be playing a role in his night waking is is, is kind of like a weight lifted off, you know, that we don't have to worry too much about that. So that's good. Yeah, we'll we'll talk a little about that towards the end of our call in case I forget. We'll cycle we'll we'll circle back around <laughs> to that. <laughs> but what I would say for his waking since we've kind of talked about, you know, not not going down to 1 ounce. So we're already down to 2 ounces for each of those. Um I would recommend that when you're ready, you know, whether that's tonight or if that's in a week, whenever you're kind of like, yeah, let's do this, um, that we kind of say, okay, tonight's the night and we're not going to offer, you know, that first feeding at 11 p.m. And so if he wakes up, um, I would recommend kind of doing some sleep training. And I know, I think you said before that when you initially did some sleep training at bedtime and at nap time, so he could fall asleep on his own, did you use any kind of checks or did you kind of stay out of the room? Uh, my husband did a majority of it because I, while I understood that he's not crying because he's hurt or because he needs anything, the crying is frustration driven. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still having some trouble dealing with it. So my husband bit the bullet and he stayed in a part of the room that the baby couldn't see him and kind of just monitored and checked. We didn't necessarily do like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, but he checked on him. I would say probably every 30 minutes. And the first couple of nights it took maybe two hours, an hour and a half for him to fall asleep. But within three nights, he was sleeping on his own. But I definitely feel like if we would have used one of your methods, it would have been a little smoother. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think the way that that he did it, though, I mean, I think that that absolutely works, too. And it, it really is like, there's not a specific method, you know, that you have to use. It really is about kind of finding what works for you, what works for the baby. And I would say it sounds like it worked pretty well because he is a beautiful, you know, sleeper going down really well on his own now. So that's that's awesome. And I love that you, you know, you, you understood that sleep training was something you wanted to do for your family, for him, but you also just kind of knew your limitations. Like, you know what? I'm just, I know logically that, that this is okay, but I'm just really struggling with the actual tears and kind Mm -hmm. of having your husband take the reins. I I think that's awesome. Yeah. It ended up working out really well for us. Definitely one point. (laughs) I bet. Well, now you get to tell him if you want to, hey, you're up again for the night weaning and the night wakings. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's your turn to shine. (laughs) Yes. So I would recommend, Kay, I would say since he's used to 
you know, some kind of response at night. Um, I know you're kind of waiting 10 to 15 minutes before you go in and do the bottle now. I would wait about that long. And then I would send your husband in. And, you know, Matthew's only eight months, but it's never too early to just be like narrating what's going on. You know, so going up to the crib saying, Matthew, I know you're expecting a bottle. We're not going to have a bottle. It's nighttime. I'll see you in the morning. And then having your husband leave. So again, know that Matthew's not going to like fully understand what he's saying, but just narrating in general helps them. And it also really helps us. Um, And that way we know that, you know, he's seen you come in and respond differently at this point, rather than if you just weren't you know, to come in at all, he may think that someone just hasn't heard him yet, it may, you know, cause him to cry out longer because of that. So I would do that initially. And then after that first check, I think you can go a couple different ways. If you guys would kind of prefer to do what you did before and have like your husband just sit in the room and kind of hang out there and maybe check on Matthew every once in a while, um, and kind of just keep those spread out. You can, if you would prefer that, you know, your husband leaves the room after that first initial check and just kind of stays out. That's also an option. I think that that's okay, especially just at this point, since Matthew has that comfort level with his crib, you know, he's comfortable there. This isn't like a new foreign place to him to be awake in his crib. So I think that would also be an okay option. Um, Or if you wanted to do maybe more of what I would call a quick check method, where after you do that first check-in, you leave and wait another 10, 15 minutes, go back in, kind of repeat your phrase, repeat that narrating of what's happening, and then leave again and just kind of do that on repeat every 10 to 15 minutes. So those those are kind of three different directions you could go. I think all of them would work and be doable, just a matter of kind of what you feel comfortable with and what you guys feel like is the best approach for him. Okay. And then is there any point in which we would give in, I guess? That was my initial struggle with sleep training. At what point is too long for him to have been crying it out? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. So with him, what I would say is, you know, I, I obviously don't want you to do anything that you feel uncomfortable with. So I would always say it's okay if you guys just need like a reset or a break. If you need to take one, even if it's in the middle of the night, that's okay. What I would avoid doing, though, is doing a bottle. So maybe he's been going, you know, for 45 minutes and you're like, yeah, I'm starting to feel really uncomfortable about this. Maybe you go in, you pick him up, you kind of help settle him down, help settle yourself, you know, regulate each other. Um, And then once everyone's, you know, calmer, you put him back in and you kind of start back at the top again, um, letting him know like there's not going to be a bottle, it's nighttime, and and stepping away from the crib. So I would say really try your hardest not to use a bottle at, at any point if that's what we're deciding we want to get rid of. 
mm-hmm. but that it's okay to, you know, do a reset or do a little break if you need to. Got it. And then we work one feed at a time. I would initially, yes, but I would also say because of his, like just because of his background and that he's able to fall asleep on his own, I'm wondering if after, you know, one or two nights of not giving that 11 o'clock, 11, 12 feed, if he's not going to ever um, wake up and, and be awake more than 10 or 15 minutes for the other wakings before he just goes back down on his own. So I, I really think it should be more short lived that early morning one, you know, around five that sometimes happens, that might be the one that sticks around the longest and that you just have to keep pushing through. Um, I, I see that often at this age that that early morning one is harder to get rid of. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it also sounds like he doesn't do that one consistently either. So maybe it will be a little smoother. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say I would probably do two nights of not giving that 11, 12 feed, that first one. And then the next night, I would not give the first two feeds, the 11, 12 or um, what, 3 a.m. one. Mm -hmm. And then the night after that, I would totally just be done with them. So with by night four, I would say just be done with all the feeds and he may be done with all of them sooner than that, which would be great. We'll cross our fingers, but (laughs) if not, I would, I would be done with them by the fourth night. Okay. Yeah. Does that all like, does that sound doable for you guys? Yeah, that all makes a lot of sense. It's nice to have a plan to go through and know that it is possible to like take a little bit of a break um, Mm -hmm. if it is feeling like it's going on too long and that it won't ruin everything we've tried so far. Yeah, yes, absolutely. I, I think it is always okay to take a break, you know, when it's needed. So yeah, that makes sense. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's kind of just real quick, a couple things I was going to say about his schedule. Um, I mean, I think his schedule looks awesome at home on the weekends. You're doing, you're doing phenomenal with it. I think it's great at daycare. You know, I would just see, and I don't know if, do they have like set nap times that they do, or are these times just kind of when they feel like he's acting tired and so they put him down? Uh, The impression I'm getting is that it's just when he looks tired, Um, but that 9 to 9.30 nap, it never differs. So I have a feeling she wakes him up at 9.30. I'm just not 100% sure. Oh, okay. Okay. Because that was something I was going to talk about. That first nap just seems short for him, especially considering he takes a longer second nap there. Um, So Mm -hmm. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if she's waking him or if, you know, just something's going on in the room. And so he's just not, not able to nap longer. I would love to see maybe that nap, that first one, not start till more like 930 um, at daycare. So if you could, you know, see if that's a possibility, great. If it's not, you know, no big deal. But I would, I would see if they could do that. And then I would also recommend with that second nap, if they could just start it like 30 minutes later. So more like one 30, 
I think that would also just be helpful to shift things a little later. So he doesn't have like that, what is it, that four hour and 15 minute stretch between, mm-hmm. you know, the end of the second nap and bedtime. Um, if we could like shift that first nap a little later, shift that second nap a little later, I think that that could potentially help. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, on those daycare nights, if you are able to get him down a little more before seven, like more six thirty regularly, I know sometimes that can be hard, you know, just with schedules and getting home and doing dinner. But if that's at all feasible, I think that that could only help too. Oh, that's definitely possible. We've tried to push closer to seven because he was having, um, some early morning wakings and then he was doing a false start for a little bit um mm-hmm. so we try to get it between six thirty and 7 just so he doesn't go to sleep like the second we get home from daycare mm-hmm. but yeah it's totally possible to move it up good yeah and I think I think especially since you know when you start cutting out those night feeds, um, that he's gonna spend just more time awake naturally overnight at first, that kind of trying to combat that a little with that earlier bedtime, um, that would be good. And maybe you don't always stay, you know, at six 30, but, um, I think that would be good initially while you're making these changes. Okay. That makes sense. Awesome. Oh, good. Thank you so much, Kay, for agreeing to do this. I'm so glad we got to talk. Thank you so much for all of your help. I'm super excited to try everything. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, It was fun letting you be kind of a fly on the wall during that coaching call. And I hope you know that if you do have an independent sleeper and you just feel like you are struggling with something, whether it be night wakings or early wakings, naps, whether we're talking about needing a schedule tweak or a nap transition, whatever you're struggling with, I do offer 30-minute consult calls for those families who already have independent sleepers. So if that's something that you think you would need or you just want someone to kind of talk to about your child's sleep and be reassured, I'm going to drop the link for that call in the show notes so you can always sign up for one if you'd like. Thanks, guys.